Hey everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Meditation Matters podcast. Today is actually an interview. I recently did an interview with Philly native, poet, painter, and just amazing person, Lisa Cuevas. And um, you can also find this interview on YouTube. There's also a video file that you get to see us make faces and crack jokes and have a really awesome time talking about her experience with um, vulnerability and just kind of how that's played a very powerful role in her life as she's experienced so, so many different things. Um, So Lisa is a really amazing person and I will go ahead and allow us to shift gears into the actual interview itself. It is a pre-recorded interview, so please stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, share this with someone, subscribe to the podcast, like, leave a review, uh, do what you need to do and always, you know, if there's a friend, family, coworker, just anybody that you meet that you think will really benefit from listening to the Meditation Matters podcast, definitely send them the link. Let them know. Keep the conversation going. And always, if you have something that you would like to say, um, you have a question or you would like to be featured on the podcast yourself, send me a note, DM me. You can find me on Instagram at meditation.matters. You can even find me on Facebook as well. Same at. Um, so here we are. Tune in. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Nada Show, and this is the Meditation Matters Podcast. We're on to another lovely interview yes. with Lisa we have here, and I'll let her to go in and completely <laughs> identify herself and everything that she does. Yes. Um, but yeah. So my name is Lisa Cuevas. Um, I am a poet, a painter. Um, I work in the nonprofit field. I actually recently transitioned to higher ed, um, but I identify, of course, as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a feeler, a light worker. Wait, yeah. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So um, I'm going to go in and jump into it. And so how would you define in your experiences, how would you define vulnerability? Whew, okay. So I feel like this is so good. <laughs> so we jump right in. Okay. Uh, I feel like, in, you know, if you would have asked me that 10 years ago, I would have seen vulnerability as a weakness, right? Or as, you know, being overexposed, you know, um, a target open to attack, right? Right. And now I see vulnerability as a strength. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that vulnerability itself or what it takes or looks like to be vulnerable has necessarily changed so much as um, the way that I have been able to use vulnerability more as a tool Mm -hmm. than as a weapon against self, right? Oh, yeah. Um, or others, yeah. right? I think yeah. sometimes people may, maybe my past self, right, would have <laughs> seen a person who was demonstrating their vulnerability and I, I don't want to say weaponized it, but wasn't as, I was more careless with that, mm-hmm. right? I wasn't as aware of, of what a gift that really mm-hmm. is until you get older and you start to become more aware of yourself and right. a, about how that really is a strength. Right. And you start to see how the withholding of vulnerability can actually be a huge barrier. Yeah, um, definitely. See, I, I, like you said a couple of great things there that were like gifts and tools and, and you mentioned barriers. So I yeah. want to jump into the tool part first. Sure. So how do you use vulnerability now? Like how do you allow yourself to be raw? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, there's there's so many ways, right? You're, there's how your vulnerability shows up in your art, right? Mm-hmm. In your work. Um, as a poet, 
a, a lot of that, there's a great responsibility to take some of the sort of ugliest, most difficult things in the world and present them in a beautiful way. Right. And I think a lot of that is not so much that it's being tied up with a pretty bow as it is that it's being laid out pretty bare as it is, right? right? And that's such a, a rare thing, yeah. a rare thing that happens in the world and just in, in general, that it's like, wow, this is beautiful. But that's really people recognizing the beauty and the pain, right. you know? Right. Um, and also, like, using it as a tool in relationships. I think that when it comes to growing with people, there has to be a level of honesty and rawness. Yes. And we can't do that if we're not in touch with the painful parts of ourselves, right? Um, And and being in touch with the things that aren't really that comfortable, right? I think vulnerability is extremely uncomfortable. And I think what we want is a safe space to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's maybe a little bit of a misconception that safety means comfort. Mm -hmm. And to some degree, that may be true, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I feel safe. If I feel safer, I feel more comfortable. But there's no, it's still, uh, vulnerability is still one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, I'm carrying it. Here it is. It's not easy. It's heavy. It's scary. It's complex. Yeah. Um, So I think in using it as a tool in the art, it's to connect with people. Using it as a tool in relationships, it's to say, it's really just showing up as yourself. And that is work is. you know and and vulnerability as opposed to using it again I mentioned it being a barrier mm-hmm. instead of using it as like well this is a reason I can't grow with you mm-hmm. um, using it as as a means of connecting with people because there's so much that we have in common that's so deep within the recesses of our minds and right. souls and histories and traumas um, that if we just shared a little bit of that mm-hmm. we would realize that we have more in common than, than we think right. and that we have the capacity to understand each other in ways that go beyond that immediate sort of compatibility measure or metric. Right. right. Ooh, that's a, I, ooh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like digesting everything. I'm just like, this is all great information. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's helpful. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, so I'll give a little bit of background before I, why I even wanted to start a whole series sure. about exploring what vulnerability is, what it mean, what it means. Yeah. Um, so when I first, I moved here to Philadelphia, about maybe five months ago or whatever okay. and like reasons why I moved because I just felt like trapped at home mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't really understand that right so then yeah. as soon as I moved here I was like okay I'm all alone and then like I plunged into realizing I had so much to heal from and so much mm-hmm. to unpack yes. so it took me diving into a very deep and raw vulnerable space with myself that I, I thought I had gone before but oh I did not yeah. <laughs> there are I knew nothing about it actually yeah. even the other day uh, after I had like a like a therapy appointment mm-hmm. and afterwards uh like I got in there she was like I feel like you're not being honest with me and I was like what are you, what are you talking about <laughs> I was like yeah I'm sitting here telling you things like what how could you say that to me to me so, she was like um she was like we haven't really talked about your family and mm. she was like that's something that you don't really seem to talk about yeah so she was like we think we need to talk about this and I yeah. was like Okay, sure. And so I started talking about it, and then I started crying, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" You're like, "There it is! There it is! It's here!" And We've she arrived. Looked, she looked at me. She was like, "That was it." And I was like, "Okay, thank you." But it was, it was just like things that I thought I already dealt with from my childhood, and yeah. in all reality, I did not. And then the crazy part about it is that that night I had a dream, mm-hmm. and there were two little girls in my dream, one that was full of rage and sadness, and mm-hmm. one that was sinister. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I had to approach them both, and I had to talk to them, and yeah. I had to just say, it's okay. And I ended up leaving both of them 
behind mm-hmm. like the sad pieces of it and then just kind of ran to the one that was so happy or whatever so yeah. it was an interesting like interaction and departure but acceptance and forgiveness yeah. and being like it's okay and blah 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 um so just like wow, <laughs> wow. that's i mean thank you so much for sharing yeah, that that's yeah. a beautiful thing and there's so many things that you sort of talked about that touch on aspects of vulnerability that i think are so important to unpack mm-hmm. um one being that Sometimes we think that we've, like, we did it, solved, I'm healed, right. I'm like here, all done, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but healing work is, is not that simple, right? And sometimes the right time to heal, I mean, it's always the right time to heal, but sometimes think, we're not ready, right. and we're not ready because there's still more to learn, yes. there's still more to experience. Exactly. Um, other times, we th- how we perceive to have been healed, right? It's I like, know. well, if I don't think about it every single day, then I must be over it. <laughs> Until, you know, we're in a similar situation that is similar in such a deeply rooted, un- tan- intangible part of our beings yes. that we don't even recognize that it's a pattern, right? We don't recognize, oh, this is something familiar from my childhood or right. from my past. And so we're like, this is a new thing, when really it's, it's like, not. no, it's just, you know. <laughs> you know, and a great way to even know that is if, if certain things within you trigger and mm-hmm. certain, like, thoughts or feelings or something comes up. And a yeah. lot of times we don't really pay a lot of attention to the feelings that we get when we mm-hmm. think about something, when we think about something or when we come across something or we meet someone that gives yeah. us a similar type of, what type of like vibe? Like a vibe, yeah. Like, what is happening? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been learning recently that there's just so much value in just feeling mm-hmm. and then listening to feeling and, and sitting with it I know and I think a lot of times we try to be like well feelings just a feeling like feelings change and blah, blah, blah. like we try to discredit the power of a, a feeling. feeling yeah and like especially whether or not you're a light worker a healer or just somebody who's just identifying as a man woman person whatever yeah. it may be like the feeling is so important yeah and trying to unpack feeling with logic you're never going to win right. it's not supposed to be unpacked <laughs> not with lo- i mean not you with can't, logic right and and you can if anything if there's any sort of <clears throat> logic you can apply it would be like the 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 maybe categorization or whatever right Facts, yes. like connecting trying to understand the pattern there right. right but even then all you're doing is connecting one feeling to another feeling it's all about feelings, it's all about everybody. Me. It's all about feelings. <laughs> feelings are not bad. Yes, they're not bad. And, 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 you know, this is something as much as I identify as a feeler. Um, I've had to really recognize that um, it's not all about feeling the good ones. Mm-hmm. Or even I feel like sadness is one that I've become more familiar with. Okay, yeah. But there are other aspects of that. You know, confusion, the un- sitting with the unknowns. That's something I'm still... I'm now years old and I'm just now right, starting to get, right, get right, with, right? right, right. Um, sometimes feelings are not simple. Sometimes they're complex. And even those can't be identified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So sitting with a question is, is in, in essence, sometimes the first step to sitting with the feeling. Because you may not know. You can't always identify, like, oh, I feel this exact thing. And just like, sometimes there's no words that we can use that we understand. Yeah. So we may categorize it as, oh, I'm just depressed or, mm-hmm. or I'm just this. But maybe something greater than that. But each feeling is sending you a message yeah and that's what you have to be willing to sit with and mm-hmm. just be like I'm just going to allow this to happen mm-hmm. right and another important thing I've been exploring recently is when you allow feelings to happen don't attach yourself to them mm-hmm. and don't immediately don't just don't identify with it either just right. realize that it's there so I think um like even the power of like an I am statement mm-hmm. it's an identifier of like I am this like mm-hmm. I, I've had friends in the past that be like 
I am just depressed all the time. Mm, like I yeah. am like, or I'm a, um, I, I don't know, just anything that they identify with that may not be what exactly they desire, what they right. really want with themselves, right? Yeah. And so you're there like, well, I don't want to be this. And it's like, okay, but you're still saying that you are that. Mm -hmm. And so it continues to manifest because your yeah. mind is focused on what you don't want to be yeah. instead of focusing on what you want to be and what you actually already are you just have to realize it right you're facilitating yeah. your own cycle mm -hmm. and not allowing that sort of becoming to happen right because right. it's right. like we're, we always are what we are mm -hmm. it's a matter of allowing us to reveal it's like the great you know the great the great reveal <laughs> <Yes>. of the <laughs> true self. I wish they could see this hand movement on the podcast. Um, <laughs> we'll have the video to accompany. Yes, there you go. <laughs> um, and, and so much of that, I think at times, if we, I'll use sadness as a perfect example, or even, even anxiety, because I am always like, I'm an anxious person. Uh -huh. It's so easy to identify with that. I know, yeah. Um, it's sometimes in an effort, because one of the basic... I think the simplest ways that we avoid sitting with a feeling is to try to numb it, mm -hmm. push it away, change it, recategorize it, you know, all these things. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not deeply depressed. I'm just hungry. No, it's like you are feeling a real thing, right? Like, I'm just hungry today. Exactly. I've just been hungry for three years straight. Um, you know, we try to, we lie to ourselves, right? Like, it's not always just outward where we're like, oh, we tell this person mm -hmm. that I'm just going through them now mm -hmm. no we tell ourselves the same things right and sometimes we think that we're doing ourselves a service mm -hmm. but that actually is a behavior that aligns with the lack of self-awareness yes um and we will believe you will believe yourself if you say i am whatever right you will begin to internalize that right. and then that becomes your narrative right, right? and how exactly. hard is it to rewrite the narrative when the author believes that to be true see that that is so important i mean like even so i did a recent episode on limiting beliefs and oh, that just yes. hits right on it yes like what we tell ourselves like we all have our own beliefs and perceptions that we believe to be truth and they're yeah. in some form our truth yeah. but they could be completely false yeah like just not true at yeah. all and and so it's like especially when it comes to like imposing your opinions and perspectives on other people mm. like if that is what you believe then that is your truth and that is your perspective but it's yeah. not the the truth and the belief and the perspective of somebody else mm -hmm. so that's actually this is kind of randomly off topic but not really no it's um, all connected it, all, it's all, <laughs> it makes me think about like in terms of like if I'm a, like if I identify like I'm a Christian and I'm black and I'm a woman and I'm all these different things but let's just say I have like really aggressive opinions and perspectives about everyone who's not that mm. and so then I impose that on them that's not fair yeah. because even when you talked about um, the vulnerability piece and that we all have a deep piece of us that we're all connected to yeah. if I'm walking into every single situation and be like well they don't look like me they don't dress like me yeah. they don't talk like me they don't believe the same things as me then yeah. we can't be friends yeah. or we can't, we can't connect, connect. Yeah. and that's just like I'm, I'm basically talking about the current state of our world yeah. <laughs> no that's real and also like if you flip it on its head a bit right, right. if you say that you identify as like a woman a Christian a black woman all these things right and you have a narrow belief of what that is exactly then you know in a box you put yourself in the box yeah. and when it comes to growing or changing or or even thinking different or perceiving yourself differently mm -hmm. or accepting the ways in which you're evolving right it can be hard to do that if it's like but wait a minute 
I'm moving away from my own identity. Right. I can't do that. Right. It's so then I can't right? unpack this trauma or I can't, mm. you know, distance myself from my pain because yeah. it's so deeply rooted falsely in these other aspects of my identity. Right. Right. Um, I get it. Oh, man. And it's crazy these days we can talk about them and intellectualize them, right? And it sounds like, oh, my God, like, we get to figure out. I struggle with all of these things yes. that I'm talking about day in and day right. out. And right. and especially with, like, being honest with oneself and all of that. Because yes. I'll sit here and be like, I'm all right. I'm all right. Right, right. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm fine. fine. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over all the things. And then you're like, you know, something happens, a similar, a trigger. Triggers are real, okay? Yeah, so real. People jokingly talk about triggers as this, like, you know, no, it's a very real thing. Uh-huh. It's deeply rooted in our in our I psyche know. and in and in our experiences, and we can heal from them. I agree. Um, and sometimes, you know, healing isn't just I'm gonna make it so that this trigger doesn't trigger me. Sometimes it's a matter of I'm going to build my coping skills up so profoundly, and I'm going to rewrite my narrative so much right. that I'm able to, even in the depth of that feeling, right. tell myself, no, I am you know, worthy, I am yeah, loved, I am See? safe, I am all the things that, that those triggers may try to un- right. you know, unconvince, is that a word? It's the word now. Unconvince Something myself of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that processes of unlearning to relearn. Yes. Unlearning your opinions on self to then relearn your true self. Yeah, just, deconditioning. That whole, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's kind of, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's a part of like the whole spiritual awakening complex of like, it happens, your brain's like, whoa, mm-hmm. oh my God, <laughs> there's more to life than just this material presence that we have yeah. in this physical world. And then you eventually go into the dark night of the soul, which is like, everything is terrible. Yes. (laughs) The world is terrible. (laughs) You go through it, and then you come to this place where you're like, okay, like I'm coming past that deep despair that the world is a terrible place. (laughs) Yes. But then you come to the part of realizing that you have to decondition. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're not reconditioning yourself to anything at all. You're just opening yourself yeah. to a greater understanding to be more compassionate and more yeah. loving and more everything else. Yeah. Um, so that's really like how I envision this whole journey of once upon a time, we were like, vulnerability is for wusses. Right. <laughs> that's right. Not me. You ain't going to catch me being vulnerable. Right. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, please. Yeah. Listen to me. Yes. <laughs> I have a story. <laughs> no, that's so oh, real. Yeah. And and I think at some point in our as we uh, become ourselves and grow into ourselves and into our higher selves, I think right. that we start to seek the opposite mm-hmm. of whatever we've learned as a child or as right. a you know. I mean, I, I can't even say it's just about childhood versus adulthood because there's whole whole grown people who we're here for you, but um, you know, but you know, we start to, um, seek sort of the opposite. So maybe before we sought the person who was a little more stoic and like, no, repress, repress, you know, um, maybe now you start to, you see that person who's a little more honest and even though maybe in the past you perceived them as intense too much. I think those are things that are often applied to vulnerability as well. I know, which is amazing. Which yeah, they're like, oh that's too much. It's like is it is it that I'm too much or are you feeling more than I than you'd want to feel right now? Right. Right. Um we start to be drawn to that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that happens on a subconscious level. We Mm -hmm. may be like, I'm healed, I'm perfect, there's nothing wrong with me and I move through the world completely, you know, sane and 
quote unquote normal. Okay, yeah. But then you start to see that there are people who are tackling really difficult aspects of things that you may not may not even really be in your awareness yet right. dictate every every move that you make, and you start to be drawn to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's like a cognitive. It's it, I feel like do you know how the body. <clears throat> Even though this is our temporary home, it does right. everything to heal itself. It I is. think the spirit does the same in I many agree. ways. I um, think it's just like a way for the spirit to talk to us. I, I mean, I definitely believe that it's operating through an energetic shift, right? Mm-hmm. So you begin to find yourself attracted to folks who are going through that very deep healing process within yeah. themselves, and they're actually willing to talk about their healing process. They're yeah. willing to talk about all the nitty gritty things, yeah, um, and let you know that on the other side is actually quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that is as you continue to learn how to heal yourself on emotional, physical, spiritual, and even soul levels, we're mm-hmm. going to go very deep there. Yeah. Um, that as life continues to happen, mm-hmm. you can continue to find other ways to adapt and to all, and to change and to understand how yeah. to increase, under, understand when to put up your, your energetic barriers, but yeah. also when to lift them down to open up to others and, yeah. and spread healing love or whatever. So it's it's a lot, and I totally, my brain started to go left. That's no, I was it's, it's okay. But no, this is, this is awesome. I actually wanted to ask you about your book. Oh, yes. Um, and um, what went into writing your book? So I have, I mean, it's so crazy because when I, I, when I put it together, I, I don't think many people knew that I was working on it. Um, it was just one of those things. My whole life as a writer, when I was younger, I was like, I want to write a book. And, I'm gonna, and it's going to be this big production. It's going to be, you know, I had these ideas in my mind of what that looks like yeah. and what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, of course, just didn't happen. And, and I realized what I, I didn't know really what I wanted to put forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and even as I was putting the project together, I did, it was just coming out of me. Yeah. Um, my father had passed away and it was, you know, a kind, the kind of loss I had never experienced before. And I was very blessed because, you know, when he was diagnosed with his condition, he had had a rare skin cancer called Merkel cell carcinoma. We knew pretty, pretty soon, like after, you know, doing some research, okay, this doesn't look good, you know? And I had the very unique opportunity of really saying my goodbye in such a deep layered and, and, beautiful way Um, because we had about eight months from diagnosis till his passing so and in that time he and I spoke and we connected as adults which is so different especially in that parent-child dynamic Um, and he sort of bestowed all this knowledge on me that Mm. at the time not that I wasn't ready but I was just like taking it in and digesting it but I didn't really apply it to life just yet because it was sort of like I'm just gonna take 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 whatever you have you know he passed away initially it was sort of a relief because he was so sick yeah and it, it wasn't a relief in that like oh thank goodness it was more like we know you're not in pain yes. and this hurts but right. i'm able to sort of see that part right. and that was in the end of august fast forward to december i don't know what hit me mm-hmm. but i was just like grief you know like it was just very sudden like mm-hmm. a wave and i learned it was ready to come and i learned uh, and it came in the quiet Right, because when we're think about it, when we move through life in the kind of society that we live in, where we're constantly plugged in, consistently connected, um, and that was my one of my very first real lessons in um, sometimes that need for space and silence to feel our to really feel our feelings. and through that, you know, I started unpacking all sorts of things. It's like, wow, we're in the grief room now. Yeah. What else yeah. is living in here, you know? Um, let's just explore around. Let's just look around. And, you know, as you know, like, it's 
messy. Healing is not, people I think see healing and it's like love and light and you're going to be walking through a field and your dreams are all going to be magical. No. You know, where did that even come from? Disney maybe? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I wonder often um, who heals that way. If you're out there, please, Please. we want to hear from you. You know, it wasn't like that. It was messy and scary and there were a lot of unknowns and there were a lot of like feelings of this is it. This is my life now. This deep grief, you know. And there was a huge rejection of that sadness. And Mm -hmm. I realized that that was a pattern in my life. Rejecting the sadness. No, I'm not going to feel that. Nope, I don't want that. Right. That is not for me. Right. And and society teaches us that, right? right? Like, you should pursue your happiness, your best self, live your best life, hashtag treat yourself, all these things, right? <laughs> um, without really taking into consideration what that looks like. Right. And even when I think of, like, meditation and, and sort of that inner work, yeah. I think a lot of people uh, at times can reject the idea because they have this false perception that it's... Um, sort of magical or that it's not mm-hmm. real when it's the realest thing that, that can happen, yes. right? To sit with yourself. Yes. Um, so back to the book, a lot of that was what went into it. And okay. so you, you see that the book sort of takes twists and turns. It talks a little bit about love and there's moments of anger and self-awareness yes. and almost denial. There's a little bit of everything in yeah. there. Um, but in the intros of the book, I talk about my relationship with sadness and how for a long time I wanted to push it away. Yeah. And then I got to a point where I felt like, no, it should be a welcome member of the family and and allow it to sit at the table. Mm -hmm. Um, And you talked a little bit earlier about sort of over-identifying with things. And and I did get to a point where sort of like, you know, I I became so familiar with sadness. It was like, okay, well, I I conquered it, right? Achievement unlocked. I'm just going to live here. Um, And and I was afraid to feel other things because it was like, wow, it was really hard to accept this. What if I let it go and forget how? You know? And there was so so I was like, I am the queen of sadness. I am the queen of darkness. And for many people, that was helpful. Um, But over time, it was like, Lisa, is this good for you to stay stuck here? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, So... (laughs) So the book did allow me to sort of release some of that. And I did, you know, I dreamt a lot of my father. I dream a lot. And I'm starting to find that that's a common thing with with us fellow feelers. Oh, yeah. Um, And I I can't fully say, you know, dreams mean this or they mean that. Mm -hmm. Is it psychological overflow? Is it symbolic? Is it... Um, I think much like anything in life, right, when we think of the, the core values of it, it's mm-hmm. all about how we choose to perceive and how we right. choose to categorize and, and the, the power we give it. Right. And I do believe it's a little bit of both. I think our <clears throat> dreams can be telling us something that mm-hmm. we maybe can't access in our, woke, in our wakeful state. Or awoken state, awakened yeah. state. When we, oh, awake, we are right now. You know, exactly. <laughs> this status, this state of being. Um, but I dreamt of my father, and I, initially there were dreams where he wouldn't speak to me, but he would be laughing. Like, I could feel his energy. Oh, interesting. And then over time, I started to have sort of more concrete dreams, okay. um, which I did write about a little bit in the book. Nice. But he, you know, it was almost like I needed his permission or something mm-hmm. um, to let go and to move on. And, mm-hmm. and he had been a, a figure in my life who so often guided me through those complex emotions because he talked about them in a very um he was a very he like everything for him was funny everything was a joke right he was very humorous <laughs> and, and i carry some of that admittedly um because and i think it was because he whether conscious consciously or subconsciously acknowledged that something making something lighter is always makes it easier to carry right um 
So I got a little bit more in touch with that. And I think in this book, I sort of, I delve into that a little bit. But in the, in the introduction, I talk about how, you know, when we spread that, if we spread our sadness over ourselves evenly like a cape, it makes it a little lighter to carry. Right. And the goal was to sort of acknowledge its existence right. and not get stuck, not yes. live there. Yes. Um, I also touch a little bit on mental health um, and, and mental illness and the awareness of that. Yeah. Because I think we often, you know, there are times where there really is a neurological chemical cause right. of some of our, our pain <clears throat> and yeah. To pretend that that isn't true can do more harm than yes, good. Yes. And so striking a balance between what can I control and what can't I, or even having an awareness of like, yeah, you know what, maybe my brain lies to me all the time, yeah. but what can I do? Like, my, I'm not powerless, right? Yeah. What can I do? Yeah. Even if it's this much, if I can do that full amount, I can right. help myself, right. you know? Yeah, that, I mean, at the end of the day, like what, I, what I've learned through kind of like my readings and teachings or whatever maybe. I learned that the brain is really just meant to be a tool to mm-hmm. translate whatever the soul is trying to emit to yeah. this realm. Yeah. So essentially, like, we, a lot of the times, are now in some way run by our brains. Yeah. But it's supposed to be the other way around. Mm. We're supposed to be running our brains and then yeah. allowing it to emit whatever we need it to emit. Yeah. So even if we're taking small steps to try to say, well, your brain, my brain is telling me that I'm worthless. But I know that I'm not, yeah. so I am worthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so eventually you begin to create new pathways, like that's neural right. pathways in yeah. your brain. That's right, and the, the synapses that, of the brain. Right, and the more you keep traveling down that path mm-hmm. and less down the other path, the other path legit will like start to kind of dissipate and, you're, and it'll just kind of turn into other it nutrients falls, for the body. Yeah, it it's falls like, to the back. Yeah, it's, um, so that's called neuroplasticity. Yeah. <laughs> I actually recently learned of that and I was like, this is crazy. This is complex and amazing. Yeah, and it's just like the power of what our actual physical brain organ can do, and then the power of how our thoughts can Can actually create that new generation and release of what is old by bringing in what is new. So that's like, I mean, it may take a while to keep convincing yourself that you're actually worthy and you're powerful and you can, you have control control of your brain. Yeah. But it's just that practice every day, that diligence and that consistent is what like can actually change. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. And and that, you know, th- that speaks to the science of how trauma works to begin yes. with, yes. right? The brain gets rerouted to protect itself, to protect mm-hmm. its subject. And that's why we start to perceive dangers that, you know, at one point in time, it's like, this is self-protective, but then right. as time passes and now you're in a safe place, right. it, it starts to work against you. Exactly. Um, and rerouting. And I, I saw, I don't remember where I heard this, about the brain being... Teflon for the good and Velcro for the bad. Mm. So we have to repeat the good things 10 times as much as the bad things in order for them to stick. And I try to tell myself that because it's easy to lose faith where you're like, I told myself I was worthy 50 times. Why don't I feel worthy? You know? And then it goes, you know, it's really, it's work, right? And it's it's being committed to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And being committed to yourself. Like I think Mm -hmm. uh, we begin to project this sense of commitment and we put it on other people and other Mm -hmm. things on like and we forget that we still need to put that same effort to ourselves yeah and once we really start doing that and unlocking these different pieces of ourselves literally our outside life will begin to shed yeah in ways that we never imagined and that might be scary but then what comes our way is like greater than what we could have ever imagined as well so it's a weird interesting pattern like I can say even in my own personal journey you know once I began to really 
accept the fact that I needed to shift mm. things that I was very latching onto, like people, past relationships, yes. like thoughts of myself and thoughts of how how things are supposed to go, how dating's supposed to go, how mm-hmm. my relationship with my parents is supposed to go, like mm-hmm. how job is supposed to go, like how painting is supposed to go, for yeah. me, how creating anything is supposed to go. Like yeah. all that was like, girl, you need to let go of that. Let <laughs> go of that. And that's hard, right? <laughs> when we is. attach ourselves to anything, oh. it can be, I mean, anything. If you're attached <clears throat> enough, it's difficult it's to let go of. It's hard. And you can look at, I mean, I think of like objects. I don't mm. know if you've been seeing, there's a lot of like people who are in this place of like purging their homes. Yes, yes. And I'll see it, I'm like, this shirt that I haven't worn in nine years, it doesn't fit me and is not flattering and I don't <laughs> like even like it. All right. But it has this sort of falsely constructed mm. um, sentimentality there. Yeah. And and the same happens with people, places, things, patterns, yes. cycles. You know, we can even be visibly aware that okay, this cycle isn't good for me. Right. This is hurting. This doesn't feel right. right. And I'm back in the loop, right? You know, yeah, because like, sometimes it's easier to just do what you know. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Getting out of that comfort zone. It's like if you think of like multiple bubbles building up on themselves, we're like, yeah. this is the little comfort zone. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we gotta come out. Oh, now we're in the fear zone. Okay, keep coming out. Woo, yeah, we yes. conquered it. You know yes. what I mean? But yes. um, definitely, and even one thing I learned during that, during the path of like getting out of the comfort zone and then conquering like these fears and these barriers mm-hmm. that I'm realizing that I've set in myself a long time ago or that were placed on me based on whatever childhood beliefs I was digesting really aggressively. Yeah. Um, I found myself coming out of them like, whoa, I didn't know I could come out of this sad feeling or I no longer had to feel like I didn't belong or that mm-hmm. I, now I actually do belong. Yeah. Like, I feel great. And like, what's what's happening? Like, You're, I'm so used this to feeling is, sad that I'm not yeah. sad anymore. Well, what do I do? Right? And sometimes <laughs> there's that adjustment period. Yeah. There are moments where, you know, I'm, I'm going through a breakup and there's moments where I'm like, oh, I feel good today. Mm-hmm. Is it over? It's not over. Is it over? Am I allowed to feel this? You know? And we, because we're afraid that, like, oh, no, the sadness is right around the yeah. corner. And sometimes it is, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's not, right? And you get out of it, and you're so accustomed to being in that place yeah. that once you evolve out of it, you're like, like oh. I can I can move out here. And I can right. be, you know, there's so many possibilities. Right. There's so much I couldn't see because I was on the other side of the wall. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's real. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> I, this is so great. <laughs> we touched on so much. Yes, yes. I love much. this. Um, so, I'll ask you. So, for someone who is struggling right now mm-hmm. to accept themselves or to move on from a situation that could be a toxic pattern, a toxic person, a toxic place, whatever it may be, but they're, mm. they're, they want to, but they're just not sure how, or they're having struggles. Like, what how, what would you tell that Ooh, person? okay. <laughs> this is, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think of something a very good friend recently actually said to me and that I've been sort of latching onto is mm-hmm. this idea that we're afraid to lose, right? And we need to really think about what are we losing, Mm. right? What are you losing if you remove yourself from this toxic pattern? You Mm. think, okay, um, the most logical thing would be, well, no, it's the good things. It's the love. But that Mm. love isn't gone, right? right? Because it's in you because you put it there. So you take it with you. 
um, you know, we might be attached to, let's say it's a person. Okay. Oh, I lose their love. Their love isn't gone either, mm -hmm. you know? Even if you perceive your access to it has changed, those things that you've experienced, those memories, they stay with you. Right. The good things, the things that you've learned stay with you. And honestly, those bad things and the lessons that they brought into your life, they'll stay with you too. You're not really losing anything. anything. Yeah. Um, it's okay to acknowledge that there is a loss and a shift and a change in your day to day, of course. And you might be, you might say, okay, I'm losing that version of myself, right. that version of Ooh, this relationship. Like you know, version. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm losing. So, so it's not. I don't want to. I don't want to um, reduce it to and say there's no loss. Of course, there's loss. Right. But we're not losing the things we necessarily think we are. Right. And and just sit with that and ask yourself, like, what am I really afraid of? Mm. What's the worst that can happen? And mm -hmm. I, I mean. I'll be honest. When I take, when I ask myself that, I can take some pretty deep dives. <laughs> um, and and what will happen? And, and let's say that the, these things were true. Mm -hmm. Now what? What are we gonna do? Right. right. And and what is within my control and what isn't? Right. I think those are things that we um, we can hyper focus on the little bit of things we can't control. Mm -hmm. How they feel. Right. What about their feeling? What are they thinking? And and when you're healing and trying to remove yourself from a really difficult toxic situation, right. you really have to focus on you. Yes. You know, and that's hard. That's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> oh man. Because you just want to be like, what? What's you know? What's on their mind? Yeah. What are they thinking? Yeah. What do they think about that thing that I said and that other thing that I said? And are they blaming me? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And and sometimes we attach ourselves to those things. Yes. It's like we find a new thing. Well, I can't attach myself to you. But I'm going to attach myself to all these other random things that I can't, I have no control over right. and there's nothing I can really do right. except focus on my own healing. What did I learn? What is this pain teaching me? Yes. Mm, um, there we go. Yeah, that's, that's not easy. I mean, you know, because sometimes the pain is teaching you that maybe you need to change a little bit, <laughs> which is where I'm at, you know? Right, right. Um, but that's a gift too, mm -hmm. right? When we're learning that there's things we maybe didn't do so right. I try not to call things right or wrong. Right. Because... That's, that's just relative. a paradigm. Right, and that, exactly. That's sort of a, a dynamic that I don't, it is, yeah. So yeah. it's just what's what's uh, true and not, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and thinking about what is it that, what way can I grow and change so that this pattern doesn't repeat itself again? Because yes. imagine going through all of the labor to get out of a cycle, to get over the person, right. to do all those things, to end up right back again in that same pattern. Yeah. You know, and we don't always even recognize it. It could be six years later, if you don't heal yeah. from whatever it is that keeps you stuck, right. you're gonna live it again. Yeah. And the pain isn't gonna be less, yeah, you know? It's Sometimes it's more, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah. Wow. And that's that's kind of limited in scope, but I feel like generally when you're suffering and when you're in pain and you think this is it, there's no there's no end in sight. Right. There is. And think about times that you've survived before. Right. Um. Sometimes it's just a bad night and you're like, this is it. This is where it ends. I can't survive. I'm so lonely. I'm so tired. I'm yeah. so whatever you're feeling. Yeah. And the sun shines again the next day. Right. It comes. It always comes. Right. Um. But, you know, sit with it, recognize it when it arrives, and right. be like, okay, it's okay to feel uncomfortable, and it's okay that this is sad. It's okay to acknowledge loss. It's okay right. to acknowledge pain. And can I have the other things if I'm holding on so tightly to this? Mm -hmm. Is there room for it? Mm -hmm. Am I making room for the things that I really want? Mm -hmm. And is it because I don't believe that those things can come to me? 
Um, Ooh, where is the greatest weight of your focus? Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Where is the greatest weight of your focus? Absolutely. Yes. Wow. And I, there's a big theme right now amongst me and my friends about making space, holding space. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're so quick to fill the space. It's like, oh, I have this space. I mean, just put stuff, put in, stuff there, whatever, in Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, because when there's nothing there, mm -hmm. it's just us. Right. And really, it's not about, oh, if this is blank, then, you know, it means no one loves me and there's no... Really, it's about, oh, when there's nothing here, I actually have to sit with myself and that feels uncomfortable. I'd rather put something else there. Right, right. Um, I've definitely done that before, too. Yes. <laughs> Especially when, you, when you're progressing on, like, the self-healing journey yeah. and you're like, oh, wow, I finally went through that grueling phase of dealing with that issue and now I have space. Mm -hmm. I put in this space. And so you're like, I'm going to put something random in this space, maybe entertain, have a person entertain you or whatever it may be, yeah. whatever you decide to put in your space. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, something else is like, no, we need this space. Yes. You need to heal through this. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all ready. <laughs> I, my my journey has definitely been one thing to the next, to the next, mm -hmm. to the next. And I've literally had to just surrender to acceptance and forgiveness. Oh. And forgiveness more than just saying, I forgive you. Like, forgiveness, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> just really, like, and then really feeling what that feels like. Um, and just also having gratitude. Yes. For allowing oh. yourself to yes. go through that really tough and difficult process of acceptance. Yes. Of inviting sadness to the table. Yeah. Of inviting whatever it may be to the table to be there. Yeah. And you're like, I accept your presence here. And I accept that you've played a role mm -hmm. in this journey. I do not latch on to you. Mm -hmm. I observe you from more of like an objective point of view. Mm -hmm. And I continue to move forward. And mm -hmm. I know that each one of these emotions, these feelings, these thoughts, these patterns they serve some sort of a purpose yes. in this life that I'm living and I'm yeah. going to continue to see everything as a lesson. Like yeah. There's always light and beauty in the suffering that we feel, mm -hmm. so we should never push it away but just allow it to exist. And that can be really hard to actually accept and be grateful for suffering, no matter how terrible the it's, suffering it's is. It's hard. I mean, and that all comes to us being reactionary as humans, yeah. right? Yeah. We react. I react to it. It's, it's a... Um, <laughs> God is working on me. But, you know, it's all about resisting that yes. need. Because it, whether it's good or bad, we want to be like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. I have a reaction to this. Yes. Um, yes. This is definitely one on my list of things I'm working on. <laughs> um, it, it's about just allowing things to kind of float around us. Yes. Even the planets interact with one another in a way. And there's no, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, and even when things are like, you know, there's a there's a, a meteor coming this way. You don't see a seismic shift happening, right? Yes. It just, it happens. And then whatever comes of it comes of it i think that we as humans struggle with that a little yeah. bit where we're like you know even if it's love someone new comes in okay i have to just build it up and 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 right. overexert my emotional oh. energies and then now i'm not being authentic because there's uh, it's all performative and i just want to be impressive and mm -hmm. i'm doing the dance and doing the thing when really if we just allow ourselves to be and let time it's do time. what time does yeah. Even though times a social construct, but that's a whole other issue. Okay. <laughs> that's another another episode. Um, but if we just allow, you know, existing with one another to just do what it does yes. and be what it is, yes. we we organically arrive in, in a different place. We do. Um, but we react to our pain. We react to our joy. We react, and it's natural. It's human. Forgive yourself. Yeah. But but try to just sit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's Have hard. A better... <laughs> consciousness of the reactions that you have and yeah. try to have more of an objective point of view especially as you go through your growth pattern because yeah. eventually like some of the things that 
happened before that had evoked some sort of reaction from you, whether that you be angry, sad, happy, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. it may happen again in the future. And what's important to use then is like present moment consciousness. Yes. It's like, oh my God, this same thing's happened before, but how am I going to react? Am I going to get angry this time or am yeah. I going to sit back and be like, huh? Very interesting. Yeah. Let me take this back home and process it. Yes. And then we'll come out and we'll come out with a different understanding this time. Absolutely. Right? So. And be comfortable with processing. Yes. I think in, in giving <clears throat> things time, I think and this is something I admittedly also struggle with. I'm big on processing and revisiting yeah. and revisit to things to death. But um, <laughs> allowing yourself to change your mind, too. Because I think sometimes in our processing, mm-hmm. what, we're, what we end up doing is just looking for things that justify whatever our beliefs are. Right, right, um, right, right. Try to open your mind and allow yourself to see things through different perspectives. Right. Um, and take breaks, too. Sure. If That's something important. is... Yeah, I mean, you're... you're there's there's we have limits in all aspects right right? and if someone if if something is if you're not coming to an answer maybe you're not meant to right now yes and we can sit with the unknown for a little bit yeah um and sometimes some things i do as well um when i'm really unsure i literally would just ask myself the question maybe mm -hmm. i'm sitting in silent meditation or i'm just walking down the street and i'm like you know what like i've been struggling with this Mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna ask myself i'm basically asking my spirit self Mm -hmm. hey uh, how can I get through this? Or like, what is the answer to this? Or mm-hmm. can you show me, you know, from point A to point B steps on what I should be doing? And eventually yeah. things just start to unfold in front yeah. of me. Or I, I start to receive some sort of interesting, like, impulsive urges to do something or mm-hmm. some sort of guidance that doesn't really make any logical sense. But yeah. I'm just like, well, I asked the spirit in the universe for help. So <laughs> <Yes>. I might as <laughs> well. I don't see how this thing is going to hurt me. It seems it's like going right. to help me a lot. So yeah. let me just let me just listen. And then once you allow yourself to listen, you're like, I'm so glad I listened. Yes. Because I did ask for assistance, and the mm-hmm. assistance came. Yeah. And that is the form that it came in. Yeah. So. And things will come through, you know, trusted channels that we don't realize. Yeah. Our trusted channels, because our, our awareness of it is so beyond or so in, in a different place. Right. That it's hard for us to see the connection between things. Yeah. Um, we can, and that speaks a little bit to limited thinking. Right, right. Um, also, you know, the one thing I'd like to touch on a little bit is the judgment piece. Mm. We make judgments and because ju- <laughs> <laughs> judgment is protective, yes. right? It does have its role, and just like we honor sadness, and that sadness allows us to release things, we we look at judgment. It's like, oh, mm. judgment. You judge a year. There's something wrong with you, and it's like, no, you know, judgment keeps us alive, right? Yes. Judgment allows us to know: is this safe? Is this not? Yes. Um, and the same way though we judge others, we, mm-hmm. we should try to be aware that we're judging ourselves in those same ways. Yes. And just as limiting as the judgment of others, especially false judgments, right? Yeah. We're making assumptions. That's a whole other thing. We're making assumptions of others <laughs> and, and drawing conclusions that are based on these assumptions. Yeah. That can be very, very damaging to others, to our relationships ships with them and our ability to connect with them we do that to ourselves too and probably more often than we even can acknowledge Um, and that can be a barrier too if you're trying to sit with vulnerability and maybe you needed to cope a little bit yesterday and now today you're like oh I can't believe I did that I shouldn't have done that right that's that's you just judging yourself and not accepting the fact that you had you needed to go through that yesterday right Right. or you needed an escape for the moment or you needed to you know um so I think of more tangible things like people who are trying to quit smoking cigarettes, for example. Sure. They're like, well, I smoked one, guess it's over, can't do it, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and, and you will feel that way in your, in your journey right. of healing as well, where yes. you're like, oh, I made a mistake or I fell into some sort of pattern that I've done before. Right. 
it's too late, it's broken, I ruined it, ruined my healing, I can't move <laughs> forward. When that's not true, right? <laughs> Forgive yourself and allow yourself yes. the being that we are at, in our present state human beings, mm -hmm. right? Allow yourself the the space to be that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Oh, wow. That's that's very important and very powerful because I know even in my experience. I've been like, oh my god, no, you, you did it again. You caved. <laughs> you caved. What did that's you do? <laughs> and then the other part of me is like, it's okay, just chill, boo. You caved, <laughs> but let's get back on the path. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Like, even um, when I was learning various meditation techniques, and we're just talking about the basic awareness one, and let's just say you're like, I want to focus on my breath. So I want to focus on my nostrils or what the breath feels like going in and mm -hmm. out or whatever it may be. Yeah. And then your mind just starts to wander, go like, <laughs> and you're just like, oh no. And what's recommended is to just very gently mm -hmm. and calmly bring your awareness back to your breathing. Mm -hmm. And it's a very simple thing, very easy to do, mm -hmm. but when our minds begin to go out, we're like like that squirrel complex, go out, squirrel! Yes! Um, <laughs> we can get very upset with ourselves and yeah. then maybe bring ourselves out of that entire meditative practice. Absolutely. When, when our goal is to maybe start meditating because our mind is so man, man. We don't yeah. have so such control over our emotions and we're so judgmental all the time and we want to see what that could do to us. Well, yes. it's okay if you veer off for a moment. Right. Just bring yourself back, but do it gently and kindly and yeah. use kind words to yourself. Absolutely, because yeah. again, back to those <clears throat> narratives, right? We start telling ourselves, you know, if I fell off once, yeah. um, oh, it's because I can't meditate. I can't do this. I'm not good at this. This is never going to work um, for me. I am not a person who does X, Y, Z. this all the time. I don't understand feelings. Um, yeah, no, when in reality it's like that's not true. And, yeah. and you're reducing your entirety to one instance. Yeah. Which is the not... which is really the thing that breaks us in judgment at all. Yeah. That we reduce the entirety of something to something very small, to right. a very minor perspective. Um, yeah, forgiveness of self and patience with yourself. Yeah. Being patient Jeez. with yourself. You are essentially a child. And <laughs> treat yourself as such, right? I met my younger self, two versions of them last night, y'all. So <laughs> it's real. It's okay. Yeah, it's so real. Yeah. It's so real. And uh -oh. and uh, what are our needs except the very needs we yes. had as children not realized, mm -hmm. right? Ooh. Um, Ooh. Wow. It's. <laughs> I'm sad. This experience. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's real. It's yeah. like you know, and and I recently was speaking to someone on, on a similar subject, just. All that, that's all that it really comes down to. It's all it really is. And when we um, identify that as such and, and get in touch with that yeah. inner child, our inner yeah. self, we, we do ourselves more of a service that way. We're able to move further and closer towards healing and also closer towards self-forgiveness yes. because we're able to say, okay, a child thinks like a child, right? right? And those some of those core needs are very fundamental. They're very simple. Yes. And we live in a world that tells us that as adults, we're not allowed to have that. We should be completely autonomous beings that never engage <clears throat> with anyone else ever. Right. Right. Um, you're supposed to meet your inner needs on your own, which is true. Mm -hmm. But it, it's very um, short-sighted in many ways, the okay. things that we're taught. And so yeah. we have to... real. It all comes back to realizing the connectivity of everything, how yeah. everything is interconnected and it's all... Yeah. Yeah. I've gone way off as you oh, know. Like, and, and then I it's was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Um so I do let's start to wrap up some. Yeah. If folks want to know where to find your book, 
Where can they find it? And can you give us the title? Yes. So the book is called On Wearing Sadness Like a Cape, and it's a collection of poetry. Um, I actually have a website, poemsandpaintbrushes.com. You can find me on Instagram, poemsandpaintbrushes. And if you send me a direct message um, or an email, if you let me know, hey, I heard about your book on this podcast, Mm -hmm. I will gladly email you the ebook so you can check it out, and hopefully you'll connect to the work. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely was reading. I'm almost done. Oh. And I was just like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> this is great I oh, have to bring good. this up so, oh yeah, good I'm you. glad I'm glad yeah thank you so much for that wonderful piece of work of course it's, it's awesome. thank you oh man okay well we could go on a rant forever if yeah. we truly wanted to but <laughs> I'm gonna true. save everyone <laughs> on this side <laughs> of the screen and uh, we'll close out so I guess is there anything else lasting that you would like to leave our lovely listeners with uh, be gentle with yourself I love that. That is a constant thing I'm doing with myself, too. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening in to another interview on the power of vulnerability. As you can see, it's it's truly amazing work. And if we allow ourselves to be raw, to be vulnerable, to to be very true and honest with ourselves, so much can happen and our lives can change in miraculous ways. Yes. So... As always, learn, share, and grow with your pals, family, whatever your network is, and let's continue the conversation. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. All right. Bye, guys. Namaste.